0: Nice having dinner with you two and getting to know you. You know, it's funny. One of the things that's so wonderful about Calvary Chapel to me is it's a family. It's not an organization. It's, uh, it's a living organism, and it's something that's a body. And uh, I know a number of you, it sounds like we're kind of rooted a little bit in Rawl and Sharon, who have been two of our dearest friends for well over 40 years. And uh, I can remember going up to West Covina, when he was in the Kung Fu studio, and he said, I don't know what to do with these people, man. <laughs> said, well, you're doing fine. Don't worry about it. And, uh, you know, watching through the years and then the the families and, and the children and the children's children, the churches, so to speak, and uh, literally things around the world. And it's just, uh, uh, it's wonderful. And to be able to share and be with you guys and get to know a little of this part of the family, and uh, I actually grew up in San Gabriel right by Temple City, and then you guys are on the other side of Temple City over on, and uh, so until uh, uh, I got married, then we headed off to other places, but my, all my roots are there, and Gene was in Pasadena, and so uh, it's, it's, it's wonderful to be here and to be able to share with you. Actually, we, thank you for that little bag of things. But my wife really wants that love sign. <laughs> she wants, she wants to hang it in our bedroom with blinking lights. You know, there's. Something to, I don't know what she meant by that. But anyway, the, uh, <laughs> I noticed you got this. Do they know the game you're playing, or is that? Oh, I don't know. But yeah, you're playing a game. We happened to look at the questions on it. One of them was, you know, when did you get? When was your first kiss? And actually. Uh, My first kiss, we dated a a couple of times, a few times, and then I I, I made the line there to take a shot at it, and uh, just as as I'm about to land, she turns. (laughs) I got her cheek on the way by, okay. (laughs) I have to take that for a start. (laughs) And then, so I thought, all right. I was a pretty new Christian. She grew up very godly family and love the Lord from just such a little girl and she uh, uh she wasn't sure about me this new Christian guy <laughs> so she said I'm gonna deflect any passes for a while and then after a couple more dates where you know I'm t- taking to the doors and she looks at me and she says uh would you like a kiss? And I said Yes, I, I would and she handed me a Hershey's kiss. True story <laughs> and so so when I see those Hershey's Kisses, it brings back a whole uh, <laughs> sorrow in my life. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> so, anyway, the uh, tonight, uh, the, the scripture uh, that they asked me to kind of look at and leap from there, but Colossians 3.14, the theme that you have for this evening, above all things, put on charity or love, which is the bond of perfectness. Perfectness. And... That's the whole issue, isn't it? Really, in our lives, is love, and learning that. You know, the, we go through all sorts of things in life, all other, you know, uh, tasks, responsibilities, objectives, goals. But the older you get, the more life goes by, you realize, you know, how much love, how what what that is at the at the fundamental core of what you're all about. I know just when we were walking in, my wife. She she grabs Rob puts her arm around. She says, okay, honey, look like you love me. We're coming in there now. <laughs> she just, you didn't think I'd tell on you, did you? But anyway. <laughs> but uh, let me read a little, and then I'm going to launch off from that, actually. John 21, you know the conversation that went on well. And uh, verse 15, it says, So when they had eaten breakfast... Jesus said unto Simon Peter, Simon son of Jonah, do you love me more than these? He said unto him, yes, Lord, you know that I love you. He said unto him, will feed my lambs. He said unto him again a second time, Simon son of Jonah, do you love me? He answered him, yes, Lord, you know that I love you. And he said, And I will tend my sheep. And he said a third time, Simon son of Jonah, do you love me? Peter was grieved because of this, and he said unto him a third time, uh, that he said unto him a third time, do you love me? And he said to him, Lord, you know all things, and you know that I love you. And you know, there's wonderful studies of, of many ways that you can look at this, and it's well worthy of it, uh, whether you want to look at the Greek, because it uses different words for love there, agape and phileo. And uh, there's all sorts of, you know, of intertwinings in the story here of course going back with Jesus and Peter his calling his denial and these things uh, with him and now here Jesus is bringing him back unto himself but here we as we look at Jesus though and we see him ask Jesus you know Peter this question three times I think the thing that's important to realize is the question was not just simply do you love me Sometimes you look at this like he's just over and over. Do you love me? Do you love me? Do you love me? But it's very clear in this that, I mean, Jesus makes it clear. It's not, it's not an issue of love. It has nothing to do with does Jesus love Peter or does Peter love Jesus. What Peter, what Jesus is wanting to know is, I want to know how you, where you love me in relation to other things. Do you love me more than these things? And we only know of three things that were there on the, on the shore uh, that morning when there Jesus was with Peter. There was the boats where they had been out fishing all night. There was the friends, the other disciples that were there. And there was the fish that were there that they were eating. That's all that we know that was actually there. And so on one hand, we're asking Jesus is, he's, he's focusing perhaps on his career, something that Peter had done before as a fisherman and yet had then left it. And Jesus said there that you no longer be fishers of fish, but fishers of men. Well, now he's back fishing again. And here where his career is, get it as a question. But then there's, there's also not the issue only of his career, but also his friends. And also the fish, the, the, the things in life that, that satisfy and sustain us. And I think that's the same thing that so often that is the key to all relationships, not just our relationship with God. A relationship with the Lord, that's, that's a lifelong battle, isn't it? Struggling, you know, with the love that we have for Him. We, we, I would assume that basically all of us here, it's not an issue, do I love the Lord? I hope you all do. And not an issue, do you love one another? I sincerely hope you all do that as well. But here what Jesus is asking, in a sense, again, is how, what, how do you love me in relationship to other things? That's where the problem is in life, isn't it, uh, that, that that so easily happens. And uh, how Peter's love for the Lord stood up against these other things that he also loved very well and was very familiar with and obviously enjoyed very, very much. And there's where the problem is so often in many of our marriages. I would say tonight, if you're having any difficulty in your marriage, it's probably in one of these three areas that Jesus talked to Peter about. The first one is, you know, his career and uh, talking to him. And again, by the way, this is something uh, I'm kind of focusing on the men. It's easier for me to talk to men than women because women mess with your head. They cry and do other stuff. So, ladies, I'm really talking to you as much as the men. I'm just not going to mention you. <laughs> so, you know, on the thing, please understand that. But it, but it goes both ways, the issues. Uh, there. I, but but men, so often we have this tendency, we can marry our career. We get into, you know, it, 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 uh, it, get to a job and then we start doing it. And the next thing you know, we've got something that easily takes us away, you know, from our wife and from the kids, from the home and the responsibilities and the other things that are there. And... Uh, and in that, you know, it's, it, it's easy because there's the pressure of it. There's all these other things that, that we're requested to do, we need to do, we're trying to do. And, uh, but really having, you know, the, realizing that's a pressure. That is something that every marriage has usually that battle. The battle there between loving one another and the, and the careers of life. I know one of the things that we struggled with when we getting married is on one hand, years ago I came on staff at Calvary and Costa Mesa in 1971. My heart was always in Bible schools. My life had been turned around there dramatically and that's what I really wanted and uh, I found a facility up in Twin Peaks uh, uh, and uh, convinced Chuck and the board to go up and look at it and we bought it and went up and started Calvary Chapel Bible College up there. Later on it was moved to Marietta years later but uh when we went up there on one hand i went and did the bible college and at the time we had a staff to run uh the you know the whole facility to maintain and then also a church ended up growing out of it so here i was pasting the church and i'm uh, also running the staff uh, day by day and teaching in the bible college and my days you know i was just going and going and going and so many times i'd walk in the door late you know, or something. And my wife had, you know, reheated the dinner two or three times, and by then it was kind of like rubber. You know, or something. I and she would look at me and say, "Where have you been?" And uh, and of course, when you're in the ministry, you got you got a pretty you got a pretty good excuse, sort of a thing. I've been serving God, the, the Creator, the Sustainer, the Lover of men's souls, the Redeemer of all of life. I've been healing the sick, raising the dead, casting out demons. Woman, what do you think I've been doing? You know, or whatever. And uh, I'll have no more of this blasphemous questioning. You know, almost. I mean, it's easy, you know, to kind of do that, you know, something to where... But at the same time, how many of us, we easily justify the, pri- you know, the, the poor priorities sometimes just because, hey, I'm trying to put a roof over here. I'm trying to put food on the table, clothes on your back, trying to take care of this family. And those are the pressures that, that we all have. Those are the difficulties. But at the same time of having something there that, uh, in, in, that these times, you know, that sometimes in seasons things are busy. I'm sure with the children of Israel you know, they they would have times and seasons, they would, you know, when they're harvest and they're planting, and, and they would have busier times than others, uh, but of getting, and so on, sometimes in business you get busy times, but in the sense of whatever it is that's necessary to convey the fact that I love you, you are, you are more precious to me than, than anything, and... Uh, and so easily, you know, we, we get our loves mixed up. It's interesting in First John two fifteen and 16, John tells us, love not the world. And uh, they're just simply flat out, love not the world, neither the things of the world. For anyone loves uh, the world, the love of the Father is not in him. For the things that are of the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, the pride of life. It's interesting, that word for love is agape. And agape means to. It's a love that is only used to for uh, for God or for other for human beings. It's never to be used for things. Jesus said, "Don't ever or wherever don't ever love a thing, don't ever love an occupation, don't ever love a job. It'll never love, It won't love you back. It'll never repay you in like manner." It won't reward you. You think it will. It promises you will. Oh, I'll help you get your house. I'll help you get your car. I'll help you get your stuff. You know, if you love me and you'll sell out to me and you'll put me first. But it never pays in like kind. It always come back. I grew up, maybe it's like some of you, and not know of you look like, it. some of you might be my age. But in the 60s, <laughs> in the 60s in Southern California, it was cars, hot rods. We just loved machines. I went through 12 cars from age 16 to 21. And I was, whether it was a Model A that I put the biggest engine in or a Porsche or a, a Triumph, or one thing after another, just cars. And, uh, you know, I like, one of the things I learned about myself early on, you know, about cars, I love cars. And one of the things I noticed about myself is if you take me from about here up, Uh, You know, I mean, just look at me. I'm I'm average, maybe. But if you take me from here up and then from here down, you put Porsche. I look really good. (laughs) I look the best. You're going to see me, you know, (laughs) or Jaguar or I tried all sorts of uniforms from this down and none of them. (laughs) But I had to get out of them. Ultimately, you couldn't just live in the thing. And ultimately, so often, we think if we're, you know, clothe ourselves in some career or something or something out there, it never does the job because it isn't us. And hopefully, it, and, but that is what so often, you know, threatens things. And uh, women, on the other hand, just, uh, I think sometimes women have a tendency to marry their kids. And, you know, men, we, we can, you know, get attached to our careers, and women, so often, they, you know, they 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 realize you realize how much they love their children. Sometimes, when Johnny gets married, and now he's gone, and their and their mom sitting there says, "Johnny, he never calls me. He didn't pay any attention to me. He just ran away with that floozy, and I don't even <laughs> see him anymore." And all of a sudden, it's like she's dealing with the separation, a divorce, you know. You know, one time, we have three sons. They're in their 40s now, all of them. But the... Uh, I remember one time watching them do something, and, and I, you know, they say, you know, the Bible says that a man shall leave his father and mother. Leave it to his wife. Yeah, and I said, look, they're going to leave. Yeah, I said, let's beat them to it. <laughs> 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 my kids' testimony is, you know, when we were growing up, my mom and dad moved around a lot, but we always found them. <laughs> and, uh, you know... But when you look there and realize as as much with our, as time goes on, each other, that's who you grow old with. That's who it is that when you look there and realize all of these other things around you, until there is something there that you look and and have this, this, this tendency that is quite natural, to come against that and realize, I want to have you. I want to have you at the end. These other things, you know, they're as wonderful as they are, as great a blessing as they are, as deeply and wonderfully as you put them in our lives there, and we're so you know, incredibly grateful for them. We have, as I said, three boys. We've got 12 grandchildren. We've got one great-grandchild and another one we just told great-grandchild on the way. And so that makes me a great-great-grandfather. And you may say, no, it's a great-grandfather. no. I'm a great-great-grandfather, I have a great-grandchild, and I'm a great guy. So, that makes a great-great-grandfather, is the way I looked at it. So, but anyway, I mean, I look at them. I can't believe what we have. I can't believe what God has entrusted to us, how wonderful, how precious, and we couldn't love them more. But when you lose that with one another, everything else is shaken. Everything else is upset and disturbed to one degree or another when you look there and realize that I that the, the the issue of each other. And sometimes it might be good for you to even ask your mate. Don't you tell them, you know, some oh I love you more. Ask your wife or ask your husband. Do you feel that there's that 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 I, I love my career more than you? And uh, uh or is it or something, anything more. Secondly, we know there not only uh, were the boats there, but there were the disciples. These guys that had been around each other for the day and night, traveled everywhere, everything, but, you know, know, 24-7, 365 for three and a half years. And they had become incredibly close, deep friends with one another. And friendships, you know, are, are wonderful, but so often in life, that's another struggle that people have when they get married. I know when I, when I got married, I, I can mention, I, meant, I, I lived basically in one house till I got married. I had all these friends through grammar school, through high school, through college. And it had been all around me. And uh, then, you know, when I met Jean and fell in love, and, uh, uh, you know, we get married. Now, before you, know, then, uh, I'm, we're no sooner back from our honeymoon. We were both in our senior year uh, at college and finishing up. But I had two things that I had basically, life was busy and I had jobs and school. And, but I had a couple things that I just did. And all the way through, we, we were engaged for almost a row for a year. And so she knew very well, you know, how, what I did. and But we get home from our honeymoon and on Monday night, I'm walking out the door. And as I'm walking out the door, I've got my gym bag in my hand. And she says to me, where are you going? And, you know, she said it in that tone that you women have, you know what I mean, if you, you, you want to, you know, it's, it's not where are you going, it's not a, it's where do you think you're going, you know, sort of a thing. There is, and it was kind of like, where are you going, where are you going? And I looked at her, I said, well, what do you mean, where am I going? It's Monday night. And on Monday night, there was a friend of mine, he had a sand volleyball court in his backyard. And we played two-man volleyball every all, from all the way through. There was nothing; nothing changed, nothing happened, nothing. I mean, this was routine. We'd all we dated all, all the time. She never asked me, you know, about anything about this. I said, "Well, I, it's Monday night, volleyball." Oh, okay. Have a nice time. Like, like try to have a nice time. She's, See how you do with that one, you know. And you know you're in trouble when you're driving down the road and you have this conversation with nobody in the car. What do you mean, have a nice time? I am going to have a nice time. Watch me, you know. Thing, <laughs> but you did determine you know, with this thing. But I mean, it shook me for a few minutes. I recovered quickly, but the, like we do, pretty well. Well, anyway, Thursday night comes up. I'm walking out the door again, gym bag in hand. Where are you going? It's <laughs> Thursday night. <laughs> Thursday night, I played handball the Pasadena Wives. I, they, they don't play it any longer. It was before racquetball and things. But I, all through, through college, I played handball. And where are you going? Handball. What you, you know, and and again, you know, I kind of go through this whole thing, and then one morning I wake up. And I noticed that she had kind of pulled the pillow over her head, you know, a little bit there. And under her pillow was the biggest knife we owned. And I'm looking, I see this knife. I said, Jane, there's a knife in bed." What's what this thing? She and I said, "What is?" And she said, "Oh, I'm sorry." And she greets. I said, "Sorry, I could have wanted to kiss you and cut my lips or something." What, what are you doing with a knife? And she said, "Well, you know, when you're not here and you're out late at night." And I hear noises. I, I get, sometimes I'm afraid. And so I take the night, but I I, I didn't wake up last night because I just, I, then I when I hear you come home, I put it away. over And, and I, I gave her a lecture. I said, honey, trust God. He's going to take care of you. What are you worried about? You're a Christian. You're his child, you know, whatever. And uh, But in the meantime, I find myself, you know, going through this whole struggle. I'm wondering... What's happening here? What's going on here? I mean, all the way. Through, I think for you, she never, she never told me. By the way, when we get married, all the rules change. She never said that. She all the way through. You know, hey, enjoy your last Monday night. This is it. You know, or nothing that. No discussion like that. It was just you get married and poof, the rules all changed. And I'm what? I'm struggling. What's going on? Why do they do this to you? Why do they change the rules? And and there, as I'm struggling with this, the Lord speaks to me and says, you changed the rules. <laughs> I can assure you, I did not change the rules. <laughs> yeah, you did. What do you mean I changed the rules? Now, when we got married, we, we used the ceremony. You don't hear it any longer. It was kind of the old English with the these and the thous and I take thee and all that. Well, part of the old English is ceremony was, was a phrase that says, Forsaking all others, I pledge thee my troth. I don't know if any of you did it. You don't, I don't hear it anymore. But we actually had that. It was part of our ceremony, you know, and things. And we had a rehearsal. We did the whole thing. The pastor recites the vows to us. You say this, and I say this, and repeat. You know, go through. You know, you all have rehearsals probably. So we went through and had me repeat that. I had no idea what it meant. I didn't know what I'd never heard of the word troth ever before. Never heard it used or anything. I had no idea what a troth was. As far as I knew, is that something you feed a pig out of or whatever it is? I mean, I pledged to him my troth. You know, I don't, I don't know. But hey, if I ever get one, it's yours, you know, or something. <laughs> Pledge it to you. But he didn't say, do you realize what this means? I had no idea. And I didn't ask. He didn't know he explained it's one of the other tricks that happens when you get married that you don't know. You have to learn it later. But, the, but basically, this is from the Old English. And the word troth, it means fidelity. It means, you're saying, forsaking all others, I pledge you my fidelity. Which means number one. I now am forsaking all others and I am making you number one in my life. I didn't know that and I never agreed to that. <laughs> you tricked me into that, you know. One of the things I I don't know if you know, but our ceremony that many of you probably had, it's from the old English ceremony. You probably had the, you know, the, all the bride's friends on one side, the groom's side all on the other. And when they're all seated, you know, in the first couple rows, the rows, there's priority seating kind of, you know, where according to the closeness to the bride and the groom on the bride side, there'll be the parents and then the grandparents and maybe uncles and aunts and cousins and friends or any, then you'll maybe have a few rows that, hey, these are for those people and then, in our culture, pretty much after that, anybody that'll buy you a present just come on in and sit down, you know, anywhere on both sides, and they're seated that way. But once they're all seated, then usually what happens, they start some music that's, and uh, step it up a little bit and, and out comes the, uh, the pastor and the groom and the best man and the groomsman and they'll come stand there and then the one by one, the bridesmaids will come down until finally last, the maid of honor and then when she's there, they shut the door uh, there for a moment, change the music and open it up, da, 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 you know, or whatever and down comes the father with his daughter on his arm or whatever whoever is giving her away and as she walks down she passes up every row of people and then is, and, and in the process of it from the distant friends or neighbors and then comes by you know your close friends and then your uncles and aunts and cousins and grandparents and mom and dad and then finally comes up passes up all your both personal best friends there and you stand next to one another And essentially what that is to to be a picture of is that as this she is walking down, she is now passing up all the other relationships in life. And that you are now looking there and essentially you're saying to the entire crowd, when you're saying for forsaking all others, I pledge thee my troth, you're telling the entire audience, everybody move back one row. She is now just moved ahead of every one of you. She now has a place in my life beyond all of my friendships, all of my relationships, my own parents, my own, uh, you know, brothers and sisters and if best for everybody. She now has this place. And sadly, when a lot of couples, when they get married, they don't count that cost. They don't sit there. And, and because a lot of women that sometimes I, I my heart goes out because they're struggling. Where, where do I sit in the, in the audience? Where, where am I in relationship to you or your job or your friends when we got married? Because one thing, I had all these really close friends. And one time I was actually true story, I'm on the phone to talking to somebody and after I hang up, she says to me, and she says, you know, uh, sometimes I learn more about you listening to you talk to your friends on the phone than from you. I said, what are you doing listening to my private phone calls? You know or I mean? I mean, kind of like, what, you know, we have to go in the other room now, you know, to have time with my friends, you know, or something. And when I, I, but here, to have her actually have to compete with these friends. When I had actually went down that aisle, and the Lord says, she now moved ahead of all of this. You did that. And if you're smart, you'll get the memo. I remember one time I think women understand friendship sometimes a little like in marriage better I'd, uh, I remember one time we hadn't been married a long time but we're someplace and she Jean is honestly I would, I'm not just saying this because I'm speaking but the uh, she is the sweetest woman I've ever known she honestly always has been but, and, but she looks at me and she gets a smile on her face and it's kind of funny. I said what you know kind of funny smile and she says you know something and I said what and she says, you're my best friend. And I'm thinking, I'm, I'm one of these guys, I, I usually have a response for a lot of stuff. I didn't know what to say. I am there like, I'm almost thinking, really? You poor thing. Have your best, you, you mean to tell me you think when I married you, I was looking for another? I had plenty of friends. I wasn't looking for a friend. I needed a woman. I was a bona fide woman. You do the job now. Just be the woman, you know. I mean, not realizing there that and there's the struggle that I'll, maybe some of you, you know, that your friends, you know, they're the they are have that a place within your life that your maid doesn't, and you want to you you want to have some struggles. That'll do it. That'll do it until you sit down and say, I want I, I want to go the long haul with you. I want to end up at the end of this thing, looking at you. You know, we'll probably be drooling and everything else, but see. I know I've seen you somewhere and I like you, you know, or whatever, you know, is happening. But, but where you look there and, it, and your, your love for each other, is, it's, it's gone through the seasons and the battles and the struggles and the trials. We all have this, everybody. This isn't something you just get married and, and don't have. You get married and the test happens, you know, after it. You know, we all think we can pass the test before we get married. We all think, oh, sure, yeah, I mean, oh, yeah. But then when we get married, of actually fulfilling it and doing it. And then lastly, it, you know, they're, you're looking around and here's, you know, the career and here's his friends and then also the fish. Just things in life, all of these are necessary. All of them, we... We need, you know, uh, we need a job. We need friends. It's not the issue of not having them. It's having them in the right place. We all need, you know, to be satisfied, sustained. We all need food. We all need a certain amount of pleasure and comforts in life. But at the same time, you know, we we live in a generation now that somehow or another it is is so self-gratifying. So much today is all about yourself and all about satisfying your, yourself and, and, and your desires and what you want and what you need. And easily those desires can get above each other. We hadn't been married very long at all. Only weeks or months, if that. And like I said earlier, I was a, I was a car guy. I loved building engines and cars and working on them and stuff. Well, one time I'm out and a friend of mine who had a 53 Porsche and decided, just like I found out they wanted to sell it. You want to sell it? And, uh, yeah. You're kidding me. No. And, and now we just, when we got married, I mean, we we got a bunch of presents. And we, a lot of the stuff, it was duplicate stuff. We'd take it back and get money if we could for it. The stuff that we didn't really want, we'd go get money for it, too, <laughs> if we wanted. And 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 we had kind of had, just loose, loosely discussed nothing f- firm but we kind of had a general agreement that this stuff the money would go like for furniture and ut- utensils and kitchen stuff I mean things you can get anywhere anytime that's just out there everywhere and uh and, but here I am this porch comes and and here the amazing thing was just want to show how much the Lord was in this Exactly what they wanted for it is what we had in the bank. <laughs> Hello? I don't know what you're laughing about. How many of you ever had a 53 Porsche? <laughs> See, God didn't even trust you with one, didn't even give you the option. You wouldn't have even seen it. I saw it. You know, I knew you know what it was. I latched that thing up. Well, I come home. Now it was, they'd started restoring it. It needed a lot of restoration on it. They had actually started, they would sanded it down and you could, it had been painted a number of times, you could see virtually all the different colors of paint somewhere on the sanding job. And it had the, back then it was cloth headliner and it was dangling down and there was a few springs, just a little few coming through the 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 leather upholstery and the gears grinded, leaked oil, and I mean just breaks, everything, you know, on this thing. But it was something, I mean all that stuff is what I did. That's what I did. I'm looking at this thing. It was just, you know, maybe some of you like remodeling homes or something. I mean, you'd see something, and boy, it's a diamond in the rough. Well, that, to me, I couldn't believe that I got this thing. Why well, come home and Gene, who didn't know how to open a hood, hardly a door, you know, or something, but looks at this thing and just sees a pile of junk. And what is that? What is it? What do you mean, what is it? Somebody might hear you. It's a Porsche, you know, or something there. You know who... Well, whose who's is it? It's ours. <laughs> it's ours. Yeah, it's ours. You know? And she's just looking at this thing. You know. And, and how, how did we pay for this thing? And it's, it's opened up another discussion off that we don't need to go into. But the, the thing is, is that the thing that was amazing, though, is is we're looking at this thing. To me, we are both seeing two different things. She's looking at. She just saw it for what it was, just did what it was. Now I, being a man of faith, <laughs> I saw this for what it was going to be. I mean, that's. I, I'm looking. I could look at that, that fender, and I could just you see seventeen coats of black lacquer just smiling back at me. Hey, how you doing? I could stick my head. I could smell the Corinthian letter. I could, I could start the intro. It just purred like it was beautiful. It was unbelievable. And, and the thing, but we both saw two entirely different things, and uh, it caused a, uh, a few difficulties in our life. for a time. And uh, however, I must say this. I do have to put this in. Because on one hand, totally wrong. I learned the lesson. I did learn the lesson, kind of. (laughs) If another Porsche came up, the Lord hasn't tested me with that again yet. But at any (laughs) rate, but we ended up going to school in England. And the way that the Lord turned things around, we set us over there. And if, if we would have bought the stuff, you know, and had to sell it, like we had to sell everything else to go. But the car took off. And I mean, it made some money. And help pay our tickets so God redeem me in his mercy and his grace a little bit. But, the, uh, but to me, the point of it is, is, is that when you look here tonight, and just closing on things, when you look at each other, and, and if you were to ask one another, you know, where do I fit? And, uh, and, and where do you think you fit? You know, it might be something. You know, that it, and if you and I'll tell you, if if you're not fitting in the right places, if your wife says, "I, I feel like I'm competing with your friends or your job or your stuff," and uh, you're going to have trouble. Or if you, the husband feels that I'm competing with your friends or the kids or something else for your affection. And that and to me, when you look there and realize, I don't want that. You know, and I, 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 you know, Paul tells us in Ephesians there, he says, you know, So what do men love their, as their wives as their own body? And uh, no man ever yet cher- uh, hateth his flesh, but he nourishes and cherishes even as the Lord of the church. And then where you look there and realize that is it's God giving us to one another. You're not created and designed to be one with anything else but one another. And uh, no career will ever be one no other friend will ever be one no other thing and when you realize if you're chasing something and realize Lord I don't want that and if you are to that degree that you are you're having difficulties but when you look there and realize Lord forgive us forgive us and that's something you're always learning you're always learning none of us have arrived and uh, i People ask me to do these things, and I always tell. Them, I, we do not have a perfect marriage. Uh, Gene is coming along very, very well. I'm very pleased with that. It, but it's not perfect. <laughs> I want to make that clear. I might be walking home tonight. Maybe it's somebody. Got... No, but when you just you know, in a night like this, these are wonderful times to maybe stop. And hopefully, every one of us, there's a slight amount of conviction with God's love. And a little bit where he looks there and taps you and says, we can do this better together if you let me help you. And maybe to go to one another and say, will you forgive me? I'm sorry. I want to learn that. I want to be somebody that one day, that, uh, when, that when my parents, my dad died a couple years ago at 95, and then a year later and a day after that, my mother at 92. But the children, grandchildren, great-grandchildren, all of them would remark all the time on how much their grandma and grandpa loved each other. And what that meant watching these, the, the, this couple, you know, rickety, <laughs> old, and you know, and not much else going on in their life, you know, towards the last years at all, but have a, you know, each other. You realize that was it. My dad had had a bunch of strokes and at different times we'd be in the hospital with him and there at his side thinking this might be it. And uh, my mother, who was getting dementia at the time, one time it was kind of funny because he, we thought, she's thinking he's dying. We're in there and he's dying. They're there, they got stuff hooked up to him. He was actually fine, just had a mild thing. He was recovering fine and we're there with him. But my mother, who was, uh, you know, she just thought, you know, that they'd, they'd prayed and, you know, and, and how much they wanted to go together, but she is looking at him in her dimension. She says, honey, you go, you just, you go, you go and be with Jesus. Just go. I'll be along. Don't worry about me. You go. And we say, mommy's fine. No, you go. <laughs> My dad is saying, I'm going, but not, not right now. <laughs> <laughs> Carol, <laughs> I'm okay. Oh honey, it's okay, you go. <laughs> but, but to love each other with, with that and have generations watch you is one of the greatest things in the world. Father, thank you for your love. Thank you Lord for your word and Lord may, the, may our love is the scripture for tonight perfectness Lord, it'll never be perfect until we meet you face to face and we're conformed to your image. So therefore, none of us have arrived, but Lord, we ask that you would just help us grow. And Lord, may we humble ourselves before you and before one another and say, will you forgive me? I'm sorry. I, I want it right. And Lord, strengthen. Lord, may there just be a blessing of your spirit upon every married couple here. We ask it in Jesus' name.